And welcome back to another edition of the Scout Team Podcast. I'm Emery Hunt, the czar of the playbook. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at FBall Game Plan. Also, check out and subscribe on iTunes to Football Game Plan Podcast and leave us a five-star rating. And if you haven't checked out our Football Game Plan Network, you can find that located at youtube.com slash football game plan. And also, click that subscribe button. Continuing with our 2019 NFL Draft Prospect Interviews today, Happy to be joined by one of my favorite cornerback prospects in the draft and Josh Miller out of Ball State. Josh, I appreciate you taking time. Hey, man. Glad, glad to be here, man. Glad to talk to you. Your journey to Ball State started at Marion, and, and a lot of people don't know that's a high-quality, outstanding NAIA program in Indianapolis, I believe, and you guys play a lot of great football. But, again, what led to your transfer from Marion to Ball State? Well, um, coming out of high school, uh, I hurt my ankle pretty bad. And a lot of my offers turned to prefer walk-on. So, Marion, they gave me a shot. They gave me a scholarship, which I really needed to be in college. Um, however, through my season there, I really enjoyed the way they practiced. They taught me a lot, but I knew I wanted to play um, higher competition. So, um, during that same time, my freshman year, my mother, she got breast cancer. So, um, after the season, I told her that I'm a transfer, you know, and because I want to play better competition and I want to, you know, make this dream happen for her. So I, I told her, to, um, like, what school would she want me to go to? And she came with me on a visit to Ball State when I was still in high school. and She really liked the school. So uh, she wanted me to come here. So I, I came to Ball State. You know, what's interesting about that, man, is the fact that you go from a high level NAIA program and where you guys are competing for championships, playing in championship games, playing in playoff games. So you, you play a lot of big games. You go to Ball State, which hadn't had a lot of success over the last couple of seasons. So what are some of the seeds you were able to take from Marion and start to plant them at Ball State to where you guys really were able to put together some some competitive games and win some games? So at Marion, when I first got there as a freshman, um, I, was, I started playing corner, which was my first year playing corner. And um, there was a lot of things I didn't know, but I had a lot of talent. And that kind of got me into like the – the second string role off when I first got there, but I, I had a lot of arrogance too. You know, I just wanted <laughs> to go play. I just wanted to make all the plays. I wanted to be me. But at Marion, they they go to a lot of championships and they win championships. So they have a way of practicing. They have, they have a way of preparing that I never really knew about. You know, I just knew that if I worked hard in the weight room, if I just did my extra stuff on my own, I just I can come out to practice and come out to games and just show out. However, it was a way of preparing for games that I didn't know about. So they actually kind of broke me down. So the first couple of games of the season, I was I was a second string. I didn't really play much. I played a lot of special teams. And towards the end of the season, I started to become a starter, and I ended up starting the national championship that year. But they, I had literally had to earn that spot, and it wasn't based off of talent. It was based on how I prepared for the games and how I practiced, and I had to practice hard. So coming to Ball State, um, I already had those tools when I came to Ball State. However, I noticed a lot of guys didn't have those tools. A lot of guys didn't understand what that was like because, you like you said, at Ball State, they weren't used to winning games or going to bowl games. However, my, my freshman year, we went to playoff games, and I had to start in those playoff games, and I went to a national championship, and I started in that game, and I realized how serious it gets, and I realized how you really need to prepare to win these games and become a winner. I think we lost two games my freshman year, and one of them was in a national championship. So, like, losing wasn't – I, I realized what it was like to actually go in week in and week out and win a game. Here, they did not understand what that was like. So um, when I got here, 
of course, had to become a starter, which I did my sophomore year, my first year here. But then my junior year, I became a captain. So my junior senior year, I was a captain, and guys kind of look up to me. So I kind of took those tools that I learned from Marion of how to prepare, how to practice. So, like, when guys saw me, they was like, man, you always practice hard, but, you know, why you, why you practice so hard? Why you do this stuff? And I was like, because I want to win. And if you think that we're about to come out here and just not practice, even if we do got talent, you think we've got to come out here and not practice hard, that we're going to win games. It's not, that's not going to happen. So that's probably the biggest thing that I've, that I've learned, like I took from Marion to Ball State was how to prepare for games. What was the biggest jump you saw, let's say, in talent-wise and competition-wise from the NAIA level to the FBS? Because a lot of guys – you, you don't really have that unique perspective like you have to play at two different schools and two different subdivisions. So what was the biggest thing you noticed initially when you got there? Uh, the biggest thing I noticed was there's more depth. Like um, at Marion, we had a lot of guys who were like maybe kicked out of bigger schools like LSU or schools like that who needed a second chance. So we got a lot of talent. When like in practice, I was going against some, some very talented individuals. And then in games, we'd play some very talented individuals. However, it wasn't as many like, in terms of like the starters were probably really good, but the second string probably wasn't, you know, but when you get to playing in the D one level and we play a team like Notre Dame where everybody on their roster is very talented. So it was like, um, that was the biggest thing I noticed coming up was that there's a lot like the depth of the rosters are much deeper in terms of talent. Uh, that's probably the biggest difference I think I've seen in, in the schools. What I like about your game on film, man, is that you're, you're tough. And that's both mentally and, and physically. I noticed that a lot when I was watching your film. Why is that so important for you personally? And also, why is that so important at your position? Uh, well, I mean, at the end of the day, even though I play corner and people think that's more of a cover, cover person, and um, I'm on the island and you really don't do much tackling, I still play defense. As a defensive person, I feel like you have to be aggressive. You have to be have that dog mindset of, you know, I'm not letting you have nothing. And so um, in high school, I, in all my life, I played safety. I played running back in safety. So I've never been, been scared to hit. I've never been scared to come down in the box. I've never been scared of that because, you know, I've been used to that. So as a corner, I kind of take that safety mindset to, you know, if you come out here, I'm going to come down and hit you. And just mentally being tough, that just comes from my life. You know, I, I, I didn't grow up with the best childhood. I never grew up with the best of anything. So um, I've been through a lot. You know, while I was in college, I lost my mother. So my mindset has kind of been built over the years of going through things, you know. So um, that mentally tough thing just comes from going through stuff. And then the physically tough comes through just, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm aggressive by nature. So that's just who I am. Yeah, most guys don't, don't understand that part of it. Like when you see guys that had that certain dog about them, you're like, man, this guy went through some things, whether, you know, whether it was personal or something that he's currently going through. And football is one of those unique sports that allows you to channel that energy into productivity. And I saw that a lot also with your film and and how you attack run support, man. And that's something that was also very impressive. Like you said, you, you had no problem hitting. You had no problem coming down in the box and playing aggressive. Your ability in run support, I think, separates you from other cornerbacks. Is that something that you start to see other guys on your team start to pick up on? Because I thought you guys in the secondary, to be honest, you guys had some legit dogs back there, man. You guys weren't afraid. If, if there was one bright spot about Ball State, I saw this last year in the summer. I was like, man, Ball State's secondary kind of nice. And so how your ability and run support, did that sort of permeate itself throughout the rest of the guys in the secondary? Yeah. So um, 
my junior year, that's when we got a lot of those guys you saw in the secondary. They became freshmen because we lost a lot of guys after my sophomore year. We had a bunch of fre- uh, fifth-year seniors who I was the youngest guy in the secondary. So then my junior year, I became the oldest guy in the secondary very fast. Like, it was, it was, everybody else in the secondary is either freshman or sophomore. So I become I became that leader in the secondary. And plus, after my sophomore year, I kind of became the, the guy who was the better guy in the, in, the, in the room. So a lot of guys came in as freshmen. They asking me, yo, coach said, come hang with you. Like, if we're doing extra drills, so you have to practice. Like, you know, you, you come in, watch a lot of extra film. We should come with you. So basically, I became the older brother. And everything I did, those younger guys would try to do. So their freshman year, of course, they had learning curve. They, you know, they were freshmen. So they had to learn some things that you only learn through experience. So our, our season as a unit wasn't as great, even though I feel like I had a good season. As a unit, we weren't that great because we, we had some learning experience to go through. So my senior year going in, they've had a year under their belt. They've started a lot of games as freshmen, which gave them a lot of experience. So coming into that next year, they knew they were like, yo, we got to prepare with Josh because we can't just come out there and think we're about to just play. It's not high school no more. So they really locked in and listen to a lot of things that I would say. And so in terms of, I was like, yeah, we got to be dogs at covering, but yes, we also have to come down to run support. So I don't, I don't know if you guys noticed this stat, but we only gave up five passing touchdowns my whole senior year as a secondary. So, and we played some good teams that year too. So I think that's just a testament of how though that secondary really bought into the things I was saying about preparing. They really bought into just how they wanted to be great and help our team win games. However, we didn't win as many games as we thought. But in terms of that passing secondary and passing defense, we were locking we were locking down. You know, even like if one person got hurt, the other one who came in, he was on the same page because we was really a unit. So um yeah, I do think that kind of how I play kind of led to how the other guys play, even though each guy they kind of have their own thing that they do well. So we kind of maximized on that, but also we, we kind of complemented each other's games. So yeah, I, I would agree with that. I'm glad you brought up the fact that you guys only gave up, what, five passing touchdowns because the next thing I wanted to ask you about is your ball skills. And that's uh, – see, when I say ball skills, people think only interceptions, but not. Nah, it's also pass breakups and, and also interceptions. What goes into not panicking out there, man? Because you never panic once the ball is in the air, and that's very tough to do nowadays in college football where you see guys don't even get their head around for the football, but yet you are always around the ball. You're making plays on the ball. And you don't panic. Well, at, at, that really comes from my technique. Um, my first year, my sophomore year, I really didn't have much technique. And I noticed that every time the ball was in the air, like I was panicking because I felt like I was out of position or, you know, I just didn't feel confident in where I was at. Um, so I had my DB coach, Chevis Jackson. Um, he played for LSU, drafted by the Falcons. He was my DB coach for my three years at Ball State. And, um, he would always tell me about technique and technique. And he was like, he'd always tell me that he wasn't the fastest guy, but he made a lot of plays because his technique at the line was great or his off coverage, his feet was nice. And he was very, his IQ in terms of um, before the snap of the ball, looking at formations, looking at where the back is at, looking at the receivers up the ball, looking at the down and distance, knowing where his help is in his coverage based off of his cover one, cover three, cover two. Like he knows where his help is at. So that can, his mental level and his technique can take away a lot of that stress that some corners, some players who play football, they like to come out and just play based off of athletic ability, off of talent. And sometimes you can catch yourself panicking because you'd be out of position. But me, I feel like I really tried to master my technique. I really tried to master 
my IQ level of knowing what's going on before the snap to where that way it was less of a reaction after the ball was snapped and more of a me just doing what I do because I do this so much. In the offseason, I'm always pressing. I'm always kick-stepping. I'm always reading the three-step from the quarterback. I'm always doing this stuff every day to where that way. And when it comes to the game, there's not nothing strange. I, I do this every day. So when that ball's in the air, I'm used to the ball being in the air. I'm used to that. I'm used to being where I'm at on that hip pocket. So when it's time to go play that ball, it's not nothing I've done a hundred times before. So um, I just give that all to my coach who taught me technique and taught me um, how to, you know, read formations, how to read down in distance, how to know what's coming before it's, it actually gets there. How beneficial was that to have a guy like Chevis Jackson? And he was a dynamite, a dynamite player at LSU. I remember him vividly, um, you know, through, throughout his career. How beneficial was that to have a guy that is your position coach that actually played the position and not only just played it, but also played it at a high level? How crucial is that? Because you don't normally see that at the collegiate mm-hmm. level. Sometimes you may get a guy, and there's no knock against other coaches that coach other positions, but you mean you may have a guy that coached you that didn't play your position, and there's certain things that he can't tell you that a guy that has gone through what you've gone through can. So how unique was that? How beneficial was that for you to have a guy that actually played your spot coaching you at that spot? Uh, for me, it was everything. Like, I I thank God every day that he gave me a coach that was as, as wise as Chevis was in terms of he played the position, like you said, at a high level. So he knows the things that work. He knows the techniques that work. He knows, you know, what it's like being out there on that island. So when I come to the sideline after something happens, I can explain it to him and he understands. Like, he is not like, he's not screaming at me for something that, you know, we both know is not really my fault. So um, he understands the game and he taught me the game so well that like, I would never be the player I was today if I wasn't coached by Chef Jackson. And I tell everybody that and, you know, people people know that. Even Me and Chevis have had a really close relationship. I'll be in his office every day for hours and we'll be watching tape or we'll be talking about life in general. Or he'll, he'll give me advice on in life what to do. Like when it was time um, for me to move on to the next level, he'll give me plenty of advice of what he went through and how to handle myself as a professional athlete and just – Every time I need advice on something, I know I can call him. So in terms of being a mentor and a coach, I owe my whole game that I play, how I play now to Chevis because of everything that he taught me. So um, I think it's detrimental to have a coach that, I mean, like I think it would be detrimental to have a coach that hasn't played your position to try to teach you something. Because for me, I mean, I'm a dog, dog by nature. So I, I, like I, if I have a coach who's never played trying to teach me something, I'm going to know he hasn't played by the way he's talking to me. So it's going to hurt, I think, my, my teaching of the game. So for me to have somebody that like that who, who knows what they're talking about, who can take that NFL coaching, that LSU coaching, that Nick Saban coaching to, to the Ball State um, meeting room, like that to me, that was, like, that was a blessing. So um, I soaked all that up in you know, my three years there, and I think I, I owe my whole game to how I was coached by Chevis. One of the more underrated aspects of being a college athlete coming in, let's say as a high school player, is, is watching film. And you talked about spending hours in the film room uh, with mm-hmm. Coach. What keys are you looking at when you're watching film and how critical was that to, to your development as a player? Because, again, high school, you really don't watch film like you do at the mm-hmm. collegiate level. Oh, yeah. There's nothing the same high school from college. Uh, um but my film study, is, it was crucial to how I played uh, week in and week out, which was kind of funny because when you get to um, Liberty Arts Showcase, there really isn't no film watching. You just get out there every day and you just react. So um, 
that that was actually fun though, playing and just reacting and not really having no film. But it, it's still the same keys, even if you don't watch film. So from watching film with Chevis, I'd watch. Well, most of my film watching wasn't even with Chevis after he kind of taught me the basic things of how to watch. So for me, my film study starts on Sunday. So like after I already watch our game from Saturday in the morning, later that evening, I'll just turn on a game for the next team we're watching. I'll watch it and just I won't look for anything. I'm just trying to see, you know, how the team plays, like how good they are in terms of like who they are as players. So I'm just watching the game, getting a feel for it. All right, I might turn it on like at 8 o'clock before I go to bed, watch it until I fall asleep. The next day, Monday, I get up. And now I'm starting to really get into my preparation. So now I start to look at um, the receivers. So I'm studying the receivers. I'm like, all right, who's their guy? All right, what does he do? How does he release? What does he do at the top of the route? Is he aggressive? Does he like to use his feet? Does he like to look me off when, like, when he's running double moves? Like, does he use his eyes? Like, I'm looking at certain tendencies of who this guy is and how he, how he runs routes. So is he aggressive and blocking? Like, this is stuff I'm looking for. So who's their guy? Now I'm, I'm diagnosing these guys. Cool. Now I know who I'm going against. So then come Tuesday is our first day of practice. I'm probably going to watch a lot of film that morning before practice, just so when I come into the meeting, I can give the guys something to look for during practice. So now I'm looking for, like, tendencies in their in their route concepts. So, like, if they get in doubles, like, if they get in gun-strong doubles, they like to run this play right here a lot on third down. They love this play. This is their go-to play. Or – if it's a three by one, they like to go backside and they like to run a comeback. This is what they this is what they love to do. They run this play this many times in this formation, um, in this down and distance this many times. So you should look for this. Like so, I'm looking for those tendencies in terms of the formation and route concepts come to come Tuesday. Then Wednesday, now I'm really getting there. Now I'm looking for like first and second down. What do they like to do? They like to get the ball out quick. Do they like to take a shot? What do they like to do on first second down? Boom. So now I'm looking for those tendencies. I'm looking for those tendencies all Wednesday. So then Thursday comes in. It's towards the end of the week. We're starting to get towards the game day. So now I've gotten who my receivers are. I've gotten what their tendencies are first, second down, what their tendencies are on third down. So now I'm really I'm, – I'm, most of the time on Thursday, I'm probably looking at the quarterback to see how he throws the ball because I always say, yeah, you're going against the receiver, but you're, always going, you're also going against the quarterback. If he puts that ball on a dime, it's really hard to defend. So I need to know who I'm going against. Is he is he a quarterback who likes to throw that post and he likes to float it up in the air and throw it deep? Or is he a quarterback who likes to put it on the line and it's coming fast? So I, I got to know that going in so I know when to turn my head and stuff like that. So Thursday I'm probably looking at the quarterback to see how he plays. Come Friday, I've already given all my secondary everything that I've noticed um, and all the tendencies I've noticed. So now I feel like we're really prepared. So Friday I'm just watching film again like I did Sunday. I'm just turning on games. And trying to, I normally room with uh, my safety Bryce Cosby, and so I'll turn on the game, and we'll try to guess the play before the play. So we'll pause it before the play starts, and try to guess the play because as like from the formation, we'll see the formation. But all right, what you think this play is about to be, and we'll try to guess and see who gets as many right. So that's just that's just how I prepare during the week. I normally do the same thing every week. That's how you're supposed to prepare, man, because that allows you then to go out there on game day and play free. And, and there's nothing better than being a football player and being able to play free because all the work you put in during the week of prep, that game day is just really just a, essentially a walk in the park, man. And especially mm-hmm. if you trust your skills, trust your, your preparation, um, you know, they, they may understand what you guys do, but they can't understand your preparation that went into what you are about to do. So, you know, that, that's huge about what you did. And that's why you were able to have so much success at ball. State. you talked about the, the college gridiron showcase, 
140 scouts were there. Unique event. Um, practices, no game. But like you said, you got a lot of talent there. Uh, you just go out there. You 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 really work in one on ones. Um, heavy seven on seventeen drills at the end. Uh, how was your experience there, and what were some of your takeaways? I really liked it, though, you know, um, for both on the field and off the field. Um, on the field, we got to play some really good talent. And for me, coming from Ball State, um, in our conference, you know, the MAC conference, a lot of – we get a knock for we don't play high-level competition. So, the uh, scouts always tell me the, the, the first games they turn on are, are out of conference, play big teams like Notre Dame or Indiana or Illinois or, you know, teams like that, Texas A&M, teams like that. Those are the teams they really look for because better competition. So, for me, going to the Great Iron Showcase, I know I was going to get to go against some guys that went to bigger schools and, you know, was better competition. So I knew if I played well against them, you know, the scouts would be like, all right, we can play versus anybody. So that was really what I really liked about that was that we can really go against some really good good competition and some good talent level. Um, I also like the offseason thing, so the, um, like the off-the-field thing, so – the seminars that taught us about, you know, financial advisors to, to this process. All we knew was football. It taught us the other the other side of football, you know, the business side. So I like that. And I really like that we got to, you know, have face-to-face with, with scouts after, you know, we practice. They got to tell us things. And I learned a few things from some scouts. You know, they tell me some things that I should I should try to incorporate in my game. They tell me, you know, things that they liked about my game. So that, that helped. I like that face-to-face contact because, I mean, in college, you see a lot of scouts come in at your practices, but they, they normally stand there. They don't really say nothing to you, and they kind of write on the clipboard. So you really don't know what they're thinking. So it's good to get face-to-face and, and hear what some of those guys were thinking. So I really enjoyed my experience. Man, that's so nerve-wracking, dude. Like, it's, I mean, imagine you you out there practicing, and then, you know, you you make a play or a play happens, and you look over, you see a scout writing something down. You're like, man, what the hell he writing? But he could be exactly. writing this. He could be writing this grocery list, and you're like, damn, I wonder if I did something wrong. Uh, man, now, now you try to go overboard and, and do something right. So I can only imagine how nerve-wracking that is, man. Um, when I when I look at your game, I see a guy that can play outside, can play inside, uh, match up against anyone. Doesn't matter if he's a, a bigger receiver or a smaller, shifty guy. So I see a lot of good things about your game on tape, but I still feel like you're vastly underrated. What part of your game right now do you think people are mostly sleeping on? Um, well, actually, it's funny you're asking about that. So, um, well, like a lot of teams I talk to, they're like, yo, you got sticky coverage. We like your coverage. We like how physical you are. We love that part of your game. Um, but they always question how, how fast I am. They'd be like, are you, are you really fast? Are you not fast? For me, I'm like, I always, I'm always saying, hey, well, you never seen anybody run past me. So that should tell you. But um, they still want to know how fast I am because on my pro, I got invited to, like my, my, my pro day, I didn't run because of my foot. I kind of tweaked my foot during training. So I, I'm going to run on a 13th at the Indianapolis Colts uh, local day. They invited me there to run a 40. So um, that's really the big question mark is how fast I am. Even though for me and my trainers and everybody who's been around me, they know that I'm I'm really fast. So a lot of these scouts, I feel like they don't know. And so I'm really excited to show them that I can run really fast. I never understood that, man. Like you, I'm glad you brought up that great – and undeniable point. Until you see somebody running past me, don't question my speed. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm yeah. fast enough. Like, that's the part that, as a former running back, I used to always hate that when people say, oh, well, what you running the forward? Like, bro, how many times you saw me get caught from behind? Like, exactly. until you see that happen, don't ask me. 
You know what I'm saying? So, uh, but it's just it's interesting to see that's the that's the one knock, despite the fact that you are playing great football. So to me, that's a positive. You know, and mm-hmm. they'll see that. Okay, let's say you run a a, a five two in the forty, right? They say, well, damn, he runs a five two, but he never gets beat, and he's constantly in the hip pocket of the receiver. So either way, whether you run fast or whether you run slow, I think it's gonna help you out in at the end because your your tape speaks for itself. Okay. W- when you look at at the game, and you know, we always do this as players. You you want to pick apart other guys' game that you watch. You know, for me, I grew up uh, watching you know Herschel Walker, and I was a big Bo Jackson fan. I was you know I love Garrison Hurst and, and guys. I used to always look at he does this. I'm gonna try to add that to mine. Who are some of the guys that you watch that you take pieces of their game and try to add it to what you bring to the table? Oh, I, if we're talking about guys that I really take their game from, I, mean, I try to take pieces of the game from anybody that I see who does something well. However, the people that I watch the most is probably Patrick Peterson, Kendall Fuller, um, guys like that who really, like their technique is really, like they use that really well. Because for me, just based off just watching guys for years play the NFL, like the guys who are consistently good every year, the, the consistent pro bowlers, are normally guys who are really good at their technique. Like, you know, you get guys that every every year you might get a guy who catches a lot of interceptions or he might play really well that, that one season and get to the Pro Bowl, but then you don't see him come back for, for a while. Like, those are not the guys I want to, you know, imitate my game off of. I want to imitate my game off of guys like Patrick Peterson who go to the Pro Bowl every year who they want to match up against the best receivers, and those receivers are not catching touchdowns, period. Like, they're not catching anything. Like, I like those guys who go in there and they are literally locked down. So, um, and Patrick Peterson, his technique is like I think he has the best technique in the league, just in terms of his press technique, his footwork. Like he's just, I think he's in a class of like of his own in terms of that. Every week in and week out, going against Julio Jones, AB doesn't matter who he's going against. His technique is still great. Like so, he's one of the guys I really study. Um, I really love Kyle Fuller's off coverage. I think his feet is great. The way he drives on the ball, the way he goes and attacks the ball, I, I love that. So I try to take those things and put it into my game. And I really try to like it's weird because I really try to imitate the way they do the things and but I try to also, you know, make it my own. So um those two guys are like my big guys that I really watch. Um and of course I've I'll look at other guys too. Um oh, a rookie this year, uh Kenny Moore, he played in the nickel. Uh, I love the way he played this year. He played he played great to me. I think he he's balling out. So um, you know, like things like that. Like if I see a guy who really is doing something well, I'll I'll most likely try to take that and add it to my game. You know it's funny. You mentioned these guys, and I'm so glad you brought up, you know, players that that are current in the in the league, and you know, guys that are not household names, because you'd be surprised how many players don't watch football. I, I remember I was interviewing a guy at at um, at an NFL training camp, and I was like, "Man, you you kind of remind me of, of Marvin Jones." He was like, "Man, who's who's Marvin Jones?" I was like, "Bro, like." How you play receiver and don't know who I'm like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so, I mean, we always we, – me and my colleagues, we always joke about that. We bring up old school guys to see if guys – how much football guys actually watch. Uh, so, I'm glad you brought up guys that are your contemporaries and guys that are currently playing that are very underrated. So, it's been fun, man. It's been great talking shop with you. Um, I'm glad you're out here doing big things. Where can people follow you on social media so they can follow this journey of yours as you make it to the NFL? Uh, my my Twitter, my Instagram, are actually the same. It's a uh, Joshua J underscore three. So that's my that's my Instagram, my Twitter. If you want to follow, you can see me. 
on there. I, I'm pretty. I, I'm pretty sure. You know, because I, I know how social media works, right? I know that's mm-hmm. probably not your first social media handle because that's way too professional. You know what I'm saying? Way too professional. Well, I mean, I've, I've actually changed my name, but it's been the same social media. I've never like made a new one. It's the same social media I've always had. I just I used to go by like J Success fourteen. Like, there we go. You know, just, like, <laughs> like you know, crazy stuff, you know, like little kid stuff. So you know, but uh, nah, that's that's been my my recent one. So yeah, see, I've stick for a while. Now that's that that's keep it that way because again I'm I'm old school because I I grew up when we when I got to college we were uh we had just learned how to use email because email had just like was starting to come out so we had to create hotmail accounts and the the names we had man it's like it was bananas so um I, this this is like it's, it's so this is 1999 it's crazy to, to think like now nah, you guys are more tech savvy than we were. And we thought we was tech savvy because you know we, we had uh, portable CD players, so it was, it's crazy. I like, to see how much things have grown and progressed, man. Exactly. But, but Josh, man, this this has been fun. Um, you're a great player, and it's been excellent to watch you compete not only throughout the season but also down at the College Gridiron Showcase. And we wish you the best luck moving forward. Thank you, thank you so much, man. It was nice talking to you.